Drive to the pass. Hold it. Defense. Number 33. Five-yard penalty. Automatic. First down. Welcome to the 4th and Inches Officiating Podcast. My name is Roger Goodrose and we're going to be taking a look at some of the decisions from week 3. We'll start with the big clash between the Rams and the Bucks. With 25 seconds left in the second quarter, Giovanni Bernard of the Buccaneers plucks a loose ball from the air just after Brady is hit, while setting up to pass and runs 15 yards out of bounds, stopping the clock. As Brady sets up for the next play, the refi official buzzes in and rescues the crew. By the way, a link to the video from this play is in the podcast description, as are all the other plays we're going to talk about today. Now, a rule that all officials are aware of is called the fourth down fumble rule. On fourth downs, only the fumbling player can advance the ball. The NFL extends this rule to also include any time with under two minutes and a half. Now, to look at this, we need to look at why this rule's in place. It's there and has been for many years to try and prevent a player deliberately losing control of the ball and advancing it and having another player recover the ball in advance of that position. So let's just take a situation. We're on fourth down. I've got five yards to go, I'm driving through the line, my progress looks like it's going to be stopped, I've not made the line to gain, I fumble the ball in the hope that one of my other players picks it up and can advance it across the line to gain. That's the reason for the, for the um, rule being in place. So, by rule, when Brady lost possession of that ball, the referee should have sounded his whistle immediately after Bernard picked up the ball. Worcester and his crew didn't call it, and the replay official had to rescue them. Um, people also ask, as it went to an eligible receiver, isn't it just a forward pass? Well, no. And to quote from the rule book, here's a definition of a fumble. A fumble is any act other than passing, successfully handling, or legally kicking the ball, which results in the loss of player possession. So as you can see from there, it's not a deliberate forward pass. Therefore, it's a fumble. So it's a fumble forward to Bernard. So even though he was an eligible receiver, it wasn't a pass. So to recap... The officials failed to call the special fumble rule. They let the play run on too long and stopped the clock when the runner went out of bounds. And stopping that clock prevented Tampa from having to take their final timeout. So all round, lessons to be learned on that play. Moving on to the game in San Francisco, where the Packers are visiting. Halfway through the fourth quarter, with the Packers holding a three-point lead, Aaron Rodgers threw a long bomb to Devontae Adams down the middle. Two defenders converged on him whilst he was catching the ball. Now receivers are offered protection whilst they're in the process of 
of making the catch and you can't hit them in the head and neck area. Now this protection also extends to other people who are in the process of passing um, where their concentration is elsewhere. Um, they are defenseless and that therefore applies to them. For example, if they're a returner just uh, looking to try and catch the kick before they advance it, in those moments um, while they're catching the kick they are defenseless. Now, in this example on Adams, it was a foul. There was um, very forceful contact to the head and neck area of Devontae, um, which took him out of the game. Uh, now, the question mark about whether or not uh, he should have come back so quickly is not one for the officials. The um, Each stadium has some independent neurologists whose job is to assess um, players' uh, capability for returning to the game. However, back to officiating, from a mechanics point of view, it's the back judge who has this call and he wasn't in the best of positions. Now, traditionally, the back judge is always taught, don't get beat deep. In other words, always be in advance of the receivers that are going towards the goal line. Now, in recent years, Walt Anderson, the new head of officiating for the NFL, has brought in another uh, axiom, which is to try and be still at the point of important decisions. Now that's very good advice because if you're moving, your eyes need to adjust for what's happening because of the movement and therefore you're less likely to see accurately what's going on um, with the ball movement, with the player's movement. If you're still, you're more likely to see it. So that's a good axiom to add in. Um, unfortunately, what needed to happen here is the back judge needed to get deeper than the receivers and then hold his position um, when the ball was actually being, going to be caught and when that contact occurred. And as a result of this, they would have been in a position where they could have seen the head contact um, by the defender. They were the other side of the play and in no position to see that. Therefore, they couldn't call it. Even they could have heard it, they couldn't obviously see it. Now over in Detroit, we had a marvellous record-breaking field goal by Justin Tucker. Unfortunately, the play before it tainted the celebrations. With seven seconds remaining on the game clock, the Ravens lined up for the, for the snap and the play clock expired a couple of seconds before the snap happened. Unfortunately, no flag was thrown and the incomplete pass was allowed to stand. Now, let's just break down the mechanics um, of this particular foul, how it's officiated and why it's there. So first things first, it's not like a basketball game clock. It's not there to be an exact when time runs out, a flag is thrown. The actual mechanics are that the back judge is responsible for looking at the play clock. Now these play clocks are in the stadium each end of the stadium so that the quarterback no matter which direction they're facing can clearly see how much time remains before they need to get the snap off and the actual mechanics are that the back judge waits until the play clock gets to zero and then turns his attention to the snap now if the snap's happening when he turns his attention to the field all's well even if momentarily the clock got to zero before the ball was snapped. It's within the tolerances that are acceptable because the rule was put in there to stop 
teams taking the pee basically and consuming lots of time and not getting the snap off and just eating up the clock so that's the intent of the rule it's not designed to be a fractional second issue it's designed to be just make sure it there or thereabouts unfortunately that's not what happened here for whatever reason the back judge um, allowed about a couple of seconds to go between the playcock expiring and then the subsequent snap and the play was allowed to continue now this play is not reviewable it's one of those judgment type calls that uh, don't fall under the remit of replay uh, i don't think it ever will uh, even though fans may call for it to be it should have been a foul and it should have been a five yard penalty now assuming that the ravens threw an incompletion on the next play too then this long field goal would likely never have happened or if it did then it wouldn't have been a doinking in it would likely have fallen short now we had a very unusual situation crop up in the game between jacksonville and arizona early in the first half the jaggy was punting and the returner waiting deep by the sideline muffed the catch and the ball went bobbling into the middle of the field where another cardinals player recovered it what was weird was that the as the ball was coming down the official behind the returner threw a flag for a penalty further upfield that flag hit the ball which slightly altered its path and put the receiver off it was quite comical to watch the receiver because once he dropped the ball instead of concentrating on what happened to the ball and recovering the ball he was looking at what caused the ball's movement to be changed and then looking around at the official as if to say hey you can't do that anyway uh, i'm sure his coach will have something to say about that concentrate on the ball and then later on concentrate on the official and his flag um anyway this is a very unusual situation uh, there have been other flag incidents such as flag hitting players and in one ironically against the jaguars orlando brown from cleveland was accidentally hit in the right eye by a penalty flag weighted with ball bearings which was thrown by referee drift jeff triplett now this was back in 1999 and they no longer weight them down with ball bearings as a result now if the ball hits an overhead camera a scoreboard or a support wire over the field the play is whistled dead and it's a void play the clock is reset to the time of the snap however a penalty flag is not one of those objects that triggers the mulligan rule and whilst it does disadvantage the cardinals the play must continue just as if an official gets in the way of a run there is no remedy for such a freak occurrence unfortunately this isn't the first time either that this has happened um back in um september of 1983 a john elway pass was knocked down by an umpire's penalty flag it is rare it takes quite a few years between the occasions but it does happen now the final play for today is the monday night game in dallas with the scores tied at seven each dallas were in the first and goal situation and attempting a quarterback sneak that Prescott on a pile of Dallas linemen ended up appearing to breach the goal line for a TD. The officials didn't see it that way and ruled his short, with his forward progress stopped. As it therefore wasn't a scoring play, the only way replay can look at this play is if one of the teams challenged it. Sure enough, McCarthy thought it was worth the risk, even though at that stage it was likely to be difficult to prove unless there was a clear view of the ball the goal line and the player all relative to the ground as if he was down or not 
Sure enough, after a long review with replay official in conjunction with referee Brad Rogers and the control sender back in New York, they all decided that there wasn't enough evidence to overturn the call on the field. What seemed strange to the people at home was the TV showed a shot from the Skycam that seemed to show Dak extending the ball past the goal line. Now, two things about that shot. Firstly, a camera from behind the action will distort the view and appear to push the ball forward in relative to the goal line. This is well known by replay officials, and the reverse is true, reverse is true of a camera in the other direction. Secondly, this play was ruled short by the player's progress being stopped. So replay also needs to determine when that last lunge occurred in relation to the play stoppage. Players eased up whilst the whistle blows, so it's then easy for a player to make a second lunge with the ball. Now, finally, remember all the fuss in the first couple of weeks with the number of calls for taunting? This was the point of emphasis for the officials passed down from the competition committee. Well, this week, there were hardly any taunting calls at all. Did the officials stop calling the foul, or did the players and coaches adjust and stopping so stupid? Time will tell. Talking of time, it's time for me to leave you. Have another great week of football, and if you have any questions, feel free to message me or the team. See you all soon.